You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back, friends. So this episode is another Winston by himself solo episode. Um, Don't worry, next episode Catherine's back. In fact... As I record this, it's not like she's gone anywhere. She's upstairs. But her and I just moved, um, which is why there was sort of a, a gap in our episodes. And uh, we're running into the thing where moving is uh, time-consuming. So uh, it, when we're getting all of these fitness questions come in, um, it's easy for me to sit down at the microphone and answer some people's questions um, to put some good out in the world, hopefully uh, answering their questions leads to, you know, some takeaways that you guys can put into effect in your workouts. Um, and uh, yeah, and now that we have, we're in a new place that's got three floors instead of just a bungalow, um, we went from an apartment to a one floor to a three floor. Um, so much for minimizing, but, uh, basically since COVID, uh, meant that (laughs) our workouts were all done indoors then, or not indoors, but, but not at the gym, you know, with the home gym, then having a space to work out in, um, became much more of a priority, uh, than, you know, it had been because when we were at the apartment, uh, you know, it was nice. We had two bedrooms. We ended up going to another place. So we had three so the kids could um, uh, have their own bedrooms. And we just needed more room to work out. So uh, I'll just give you a little um, audio tour, I guess, if you want to say. Uh, I'm recording this in the basement at my office. So my office is in the basement, which is nice because it's cold and I like it cold. Um and then our workout area is uh, 12 by 22 feet. Um, and we've got horse stall mats or foam mats over the whole thing. Um, so it's more than double what we had before, space-wise. And because it's an unfinished basement, we're able to attach um, pull-up bar, uh, we actually have two different pull-up stations. Um, we have fingerboard for, you know, doing, uh, finger training for rock climbing. We're going to get a second one mounted underneath the stairs so the kids can reach it because they like to hang. Um, and basically lots and lots of room. I even have Catherine's, uh, bike set up on the trainer so that she can, uh, you know, ride her trainer and, uh, get in bike shape. So, yeah. So today is going to be another one of those answering fitness questions. Um, And like, not just all of our fitness episodes, but all of our episodes. Uh, This episode's brought to you by our pals at Great Lakes Geria. Um, It's where we get our fitness equipment, our pull-up bar, our wonderful um, hardstyle kettlebells, um, our maces, which is our big steel handle with a shot put welded on the end, essentially. We've got a few of those. Um, we've even picked up some dumbbells from them. Uh, so great place um, in Kitchener to get your training equipment. They ship all over um, Canada and the U.S. And <clears throat> if you go to greatlakesgearia.com, uh, it's G-I-R-Y-A. <laughs> It's the Russian word for kettlebell, um, dot com, and uh, process your order. And at checkout, use promo code LIVEWILD, that's one word, you will save 5% on your order. And the prices are already really good, um, like when you compare for, you know, to Rogue or Kettlebell Kings, some of the other companies that make high-quality kettlebells, these things are really, really nice quality, and... Um, the prices are really reasonable. Uh, and the way that they package them, <laughs> like literally they could get, aside from the fact that it's a big piece of cast iron, um, they could get run over by a truck 
and not get hurt at all. Or you could drop it out of a, a window. Um, their packaging is is done to protect the gear really well. Um, you know, we've been using their stuff for years now, and uh, yeah, very very happy. Um, you know, we've got our complete set uh, of kettlebells, all nice magic pairs, except for the kids. Um, for the little kid size, we only have one, but we'll probably get some more, you know, just because that's what we do. Um, we have a massive, massive collection of kettlebells. And I will tell you, though, uh, when you're moving, um, uh, moving the horse stall mats we use on the floor and moving all of the kettlebells uh, is an ass load of work. <laughs> Luckily, um, I just had to carry them down into the basement. Um, but uh, we're going to stay here for a long, long time because I don't want to carry them upstairs again. But yeah, so go to greatlegsgearyou.com, promo code LiveWild, save 5% on the best fitness equipment you can get. And, you know, that's going to be one of the things that we talk about today. Um, somebody, uh, a fellow named Paul, sent in a message, email, um, asking... Okay, I live in a small apartment. Um, all of the stuff you talk about is cool, but I don't have a place to put up a chin-up bar. Um, uh, you know, can I still, you know, work at at home? What do you recommend? Um, and for somebody who's just starting, uh, you know, or or is limited space-wise, um, uh, and now that things have kind of reopened. Um, some of what I'm about to say becomes a little easier. Um, so for, for the average guy, I would recommend a 35 pound, um, or 16 kilo, um, and a 24 kilo kettlebell, just one of each. Um, you know, you can't do any double kettlebell exercises if you only have one each, but that's fine. Uh, well, actually, technically you could, um, they're just offset. So you just got to make sure that you you do the same number of reps with the light weight in your right hand as you do with the light weight in your left hand um, or vice versa um but you know it it's almost like uh fitness training expands um based on the space you have so in our case um now that you know our fitness space is doubled um, then we've already increased, like we bought more horse stall mats, like, cause we got more floor to cover. Um, we're already talking about, oh man, we'll put this in, we'll put that in because we have more space to do it in. Um, but when you get down to the basics, right? Um, if you have just the two kettlebells, you can do really good strength work. Um, and, you can do, uh, you know, really good conditioning work. Um, and even, even you know, with things like the Turkish get-up, um, you know, balance, stability, and mobility work with those weights. Um, so, to give you an idea, when we first started training at home, it was in the front entryway of an apartment. Um, you know... One way went into the kitchen, and the other way went into the the uh, living room area. Um, and so, what we ran into was a case of uh, we've got a suspension trainer, like we had a TRX. Well, we still do, but um, uh, now that we have a pull-up bar and gymnastics rings, it doesn't get used very much. Um, but we just opened the front door put the wedge thing in and closed it so there was a strap coming through the door so we could clip two to do body rows. Um, and outside of that, we had just a couple of kettlebells. Um, we had no doubles at that point, uh, you know, because this is first lockdown. So we just had a few kettlebells at home. Um, and so what our workouts were, were lots of swings, Turkish get-ups, uh, goblet squats, um, uh, kettlebell snatches, um, clean and press. And then you add in body rows and push-ups. Um, and you're talking, you know, 
pretty much everything being hit very, very effectively. So if you've just got a 16 kilo and a 24 kilo, um, and I, I say that just for sort of your average sized, average fitness person, right? Like depending on where you're starting, um, women, I would probably go down a little bit in weight. Um, but a 16 um, should be adequate for most guys to be able to press overhead. So maybe women would want to go with an 8 or a 10 as their light one, and maybe the 16 kilo as their heavy one. Um, but I kind of look at it as uh, as a starting point anyway, that the lighter kettlebell um, will get used for both um, high rep uh, movements, um, circuits, um, and then upper body movements like presses. Maybe that's what you'll start with during your Turkish get-ups. Um, and then the heavier one will be used for goblet squats, swings, uh, and then um, you're able to sort of work up from there. You can also do one-armed carries, you know, like a suitcase carry. Basically hold the weight in your hand and literally just walk around your apartment. Um, and then, you know, once you've done one lap or two laps, switch hands um, and repeat. So you're getting the same amount with each hand. Um, that is both great for conditioning, tremendous for grip strength, core strength, any, uh, you know, strengthening the QL muscle, which is that little sheet of muscle that covers your kidney, um, you know, in your lower back. Uh, most people are really weak at it. Um, and that's a stronger QL will uh, add to core stability, which reduces the risk of back injuries. You know, especially from day to day things like bending over and picking something up or something, you know, that, that I don't know what I did. I just moved wrong. Well, when all of the musculature through the core is strong and stable, um, and that's sort of one of the great things you get from kettlebell training, especially when you're only training with a kettlebell in one hand, then everything through the core has to stabilize. It's firing because the weight, you know, if you're doing like one arm presses, because you're not balanced, you don't have a weight in each hand, then you'll run into the thing where all of the musculature through the core has to engage to stabilize. Um, same thing if you do one-arm swings, um, more advanced movement is the snatch. Um, I'm a huge fan of the snatch. It's very, very athletic. Um, you know, I, uh, and this is circling back to where I was talking about, about things opening up again. Um, the kettlebell movements, it, one of the best things you can do is pay um, and go to a class or, or get some one-on-one -on -one instruction from a like certified like kettlebell instructor, whether a Strong First or RKC instructor. Um, that will be game-changing for you um, because that little bit of education where they can clean up um, and, you know, teach some of those movements, like if you can do a workshop or um, some personal training sessions, um, learning how to swing and hinge properly, learning how to clean the kettlebell, how to rack it properly to press it or, or to squat it. Um, each of these movements, um, once you learn them, right? Now, obviously, we can always work on better technique, but once you learn them, then you can... It's kind of like the, the playground's open to you, you know. Now you know how to use the monkey bars. <laughs> um, but it, it, they are ballistic movements, or like a lot of them, like the swing, the clean, and the snatch are all explosive movements that require a bunch of things firing together at once um, in the right order. Uh, and because the swing is a hip hinge like a deadlift only the weight is you know swinging back between your legs the kettlebell and then as you stand back up straight you're projecting it forward um, so you're going from a hinged position almost like a hamstring stretch position with a flat back at the bottom to a standing plank 
right? Um, and when you explode, then the weight levitates up, right? Because you're you're swinging it up with your hips. Um, and based on the amount of like fitness videos I've seen, and you, I did the air quotes there, uh, fitness videos I've seen where uh, big name fitness celebrities are doing kettlebell swings and they're doing them wrong, right? Like these are people that already have followings. They make good money, right? If you want to incorporate kettlebells into, you know, your fitness video um, or the training thing you're talking about or whatever, it's like you could definitely afford to to um, book some time <laughs> with a kettlebell coach and learn to do the movements properly. So in your video, you show it properly. Um, uh, you know, so, so that's sort of the one thing with kettlebells that I do recommend. Um, some people are good at, at visual learning, um, like watching videos and emulating, you know, um, basically one of the best, uh, is a fella out of Tennessee, um, who, uh, bear with me. Uh, his name is Zach. I'm just getting. Zach Henderson. There we go. Zach Henderson on YouTube. Um, if you're in the Tennessee area, not that it's a small area, it's a whole state, but, um, I forget which area he's in, but either way, um, he, he does really good um, instructional YouTube videos on, you know, sort of those basic movements of uh, swing, Turkish get up, uh, the clean, the press, um, and the snatch. Uh, another one that, that I'm a really big fan of because, again, he breaks it down in ways that I think he's just a good teacher is a on YouTube is Mark Wildman. Um, he does great instructional videos um, for each of the exercises. Um, and I'm a big fan of the way that he does his programming because it, it carries over to the average person very well. He's just a huge fan. And may, maybe it's one of these things where um, he approaches certain things the same way I do. So maybe that's why I think he's really smart. Um, but he's a very big one into the volume cycles where, you know, you do an exercise, like he's big onto EMOMs. Um, you know, none of us invented this thing, doing something every minute on the minute. Um, I don't know who did it, you know, it's been around for so long. Um, but you end up, uh, when you do an EMOM workout where, uh, you know, you do a set, um, and it takes you less than a minute and whatever's left in the minute is your rest. So I just have a timer set. Like if I'm going to do kettlebell swings or I'll talk what I did this morning, I just did 15 minutes. It was super simple workout. Um, started off warm up. Uh, we do about a 15 minute warm up. Um, we do a lot of the original strength movements. So head rock or head nods, rocking, crawling, rolling, um, look up original strength, Tim Anderson's uh, program to, it's basically mimicking all of the movement patterns babies would do to get strong enough to get up on their feet and walk. <laughs> um, they don't know they're doing it. Um, but Somebody looked at it and went, hey, all of us adults who are all screwed up physically, um, uh, getting all of those movements and relearning the patterns that babies did, um, it turns out that it kind of resets your system um, and undoes a lot of modern living. So uh, I can't recommend that enough. That's sort of what we do as our warm-up initially. Um, and then... I will do uh, a few sets of um, deep goblet squats where I'll hold the bottom and really pry my knees apart with my elbows between my knees. Um, 
about 30 seconds of hanging off the chin-up bar. Um, really helps open up the shoulders and stretch you out um, and kind of activates uh, your grip. Then uh, I'll do, um, you know, just a set of 10 kettlebell swings just to get the hip snapping. Um, and that that's basically, you know, but 15 minutes ends up being my warm-up. Um, you know, and you feel nice and loose and limber and ready to go and you've raised your core temperature. Um, and then today's workout, 15 minutes on the clock, um, five kettlebell snatches per arm per minute for 15 minutes. Nothing fancy, whole body workout. Um, and then I just combine that with, uh, because the pull-up bar where we, we have one mounted literally uh, above my head <laughs> or beside me, you know, by my desk, um, Every time I go to my desk and every time I get up, I do a couple of pull-ups. Um, and that's the greasing the groove idea. And you can do that with pull-ups. You can do that with push-ups. Um, multiple times during the day, um, let's say an easy way to do it is just push-ups. Let's say the maximum number of push-ups you can do. You test yourself. The maximum you can do uh, in a row is 10 push-ups, right? It's just a nice square number. Well, then what I'll do is throughout the day, um, if I can, the maximum I can do is 10, I will do sets of five um, multiple times a day, right? Just drop and give me five, you know, um, so that I end up each day, no one set makes you tired, right? Because there's only five reps. Um, but you run into the thing where you're accumulating a lot of practice, right? And remember, strength is a skill. And um, basically, the more efficient and effective your nervous system is at firing all the muscles, the stronger you're going to be. But then you're also getting quite a bit of volume in um, over the course of the week. But you're never doing enough that makes you super sore. So it's not a great way to build a lot of muscle. Not that soreness is a... Uh, uh, mandatory thing for building muscle, but, uh, you do need to cause some muscle damage, um, for the muscles to adapt and grow. Um, but for getting stronger, um, you know, the greasing, the groove, uh, is, is amazing. If there's something you want to get better at, um, practice it regularly. But the whole key is practice. Don't struggle. Um, and I wouldn't try to do that with like 10 different things, right? I just pick one thing, um, you know, with pull-ups, um, it's the thing that has outside of like, you know, uh, uh, like full body movements. Um, it has one of the biggest carryovers to the different things I do because I rock climb, obviously if your grip is stronger and you can pull yourself up. Um, that's not going to hurt when you're rock climbing. And it also helps mountain biking um, because obviously you, there's a lot of pulling on the handlebars, the grip being stronger, all of that will help with your mountain biking. So, uh, and out of all the different exercises, pull-ups, because you're lifting your whole body weight, right? Because if you think about push-ups, because your feet are on the floor, um, unless you're doing a handstand push-up, which is a whole different beast, um, Unless it's a handstand push-up, you're only lifting, you know, part of your body weight when you're doing push-ups. Um, whereas with pull-ups, you literally, other than the weight of your forearms, you're lifting your entire body weight um, just with all the pulling muscles in the upper body. So it's the one that most people are the weakest at, um, myself included. So by practicing it regularly... Um, it's an easy way to get stronger at it. And I find when I do a lot of high volume in any one session, um, my elbows uh, can start to act up like tendonitis. Whereas when I do a little bit often, um, it doesn't bug my elbows at all. So uh, hopefully um, you're able to take away you know, how some ideas of what you can do in a small space. Um, I know this is very long-winded, but that's what I do. <laughs> I kind of meander around a little bit. Um, 
but yeah, like if you've just got two kettlebells, um, maybe a yoga mat if you want to protect the floor. Um, the only other thing for somebody in an apartment that you can't put up a pull-up bar, the only other thing I'd recommend is get yourself like a suspension trainer, um, like a TRX, um, uh, or even go to like a place like, like any outdoor store, get, um, hood loops. Uh, you'd use them for, um, like Thule makes them, you know, the roof rack company, they make them for going in the trunk and the hood of your car. So a little loop of nylon sticking out, um, to then, uh, basically tie off the, the bow and the stern of your kayak or canoe <clears throat> without having to like crawl around under the car and, um, you know, find some sort of point where you can tie it off to. Uh, you pick up a pair of those, um, and a set of gymnastics rings with straps off Amazon. Um, and the gymnastics rings, like a 30 or 40 bucks, like the plastic ones. Um, they're plenty strong. Um, and I'd recommend a couple of rock climbing carabiners just to connect the two, but you put the hood loops in a door and close the door. So they're coming into the room. Um, and like a heavy door, like your front door is probably the best way to do this, but and then um, connect <coughs> connect the uh, loops, the, the straps of the gymnastics rings to the hood loops with the carabiners. And then you can adjust the length and you can do body rows, you know, basically put your feet against the door, lean back, um, and then you're doing rows. Think of it as reverse push-ups. So instead of pushing yourself up off the floor, you're pulling yourself to the rings. Um, great upper back um, and postural muscle uh, strengthener, but it also works the grip. It works the biceps, um, the rear delts, all those muscles in the upper back between the shoulder blades that most people are weak at. Um, so like two kettlebells and a suspension trainer like that, whether it's a do your yourself, like I'm talking about, or you just buy like a TRX or a TRX knockoff. Um, those, uh, would be a very potent little gym. Um, and you just, just keep working at the basics. Right. And, uh, you know, just always think about either adding some volume, like doing an extra set next week. Um, adding some reps, uh, some form of progression, right? And it doesn't have to be when you've got like an eight kilogram jump in your two weights to go from pressing the 16 to pressing the 24, that's a big jump, right? So it's a case of working your way to the point where you've exhausted that 16 before you go up um, doing the 24 and that, that can be something as simple as like you do standing presses, um, with the 16, then half kneeling presses. And that's basically where, um, one knees on the floor, like I put a yoga mat or something under the knee, which is more comfortable, but then, um, it takes any legs out of it. And it also really gets a lot of core stability firing. Um, and then finally, uh, another way to make it harder when, when that becomes too easy, um, is bottoms up presses. So you hold the kettlebell. So the bottom, like you have to crush the handle so it doesn't spin around because the bottom of the kettlebell, instead of resting the kettlebell resting on your forearm, it's pointing at the ceiling. Um, like if you go on YouTube and just look up bottoms up, um, kettlebell press, um, that one is a great way to make a lightweight seem heavy. Um, really takes a lot more shoulder stability, core stability. Um, you know, just be careful and don't drop it on yourself. Okay. Uh, so next question um, is, okay. I'm just I've got these on my phone. <laughs> Bear with me for a second. Um I got to re-log in because it just keeps going black on me. Um, okay. Uh, Julia asks, um, your, okay. Uh, okay. How's this go? Uh, your episode on fat loss, um, and other ones where you've talked about it. Um, you've talked about a lot of 
different things. If you were to streamline it down, what are the three most important things for fat loss? Okay. Um, that's a little bit general. Um, so I'm going to be both vague and then create some scenarios where specifics come in. Um, uh, so we know the basics of fat loss, weight loss in general, is burning more calories than you consume. Um, uh, what you do activity-wise and what you eat will have an effect on um, like hormonal responses. Like obviously if you eat a ton of um, simple sugar, right? Like candy, we'll call it candy, but you know, there's other things with simple sugar in it. But they cause a um, uh, large glycemic or insulin response. Um, then you're going to have bigger fluctuations in um, blood sugar. Um, so it, it's going to be harder to um, uh, adhere to lower calories because when your blood sugar drops, you get hungry and you have cravings, right? And this is why diets like that people talk about like keto or low carb or, you know, um, whole foods, you know, da, 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 da. They all have the same thing in common, um, is basically, uh, it's foods that keep you full longer, right? So it's easier to adhere to your, your, um, caloric requirements. Um, uh, if you are not hungry all the time, um, and, Basically, any lower carbohydrate um, diet, whether it's the ketogenic diet, um, the Palm Beach diet, you know, there's a bunch of different variations. But they're, again, they're going for that same thing, which is um, moderating, uh, you know, your insulin response. Um, insulin is the fat storage hormone. It does other things as well. You know, it transports excess blood sugar. But fundamentally, um, the only times you want higher insulin levels is uh, immediately after depleted or depleting workouts. Because um, basically, it's going to do two things. Um, uh, and I talk about the insulin like it's, you know, putting on its hard hat and going to work, you know. Um, but, you know, you're, you're going to run into the thing where, where, uh, it will do like a little check and go, Hey muscles, you got any room, right? Your muscle cells. Um, uh, no. Okay. Well then we'll just store all this extra blood sugar as fat. But if you've had like a, and I was going to say debilitating workout. Um, uh, although sometimes the depleting workouts, the workouts that have depleted you of muscle glycogen or muscle sugar, um, also feel debilitating <laughs> for a while. Um, but that could be, you know, if I do a three hour mountain bike ride, right. That's got a lot of hard efforts in it. Um, an hour long, you know, strength training workout where you're doing like, you know, a lot of circuits and, you know, you're huffing and puffing, you're getting a lot of burn, you're lifting a lot of weight. Well, that takes energy, right? And that energy comes from muscle glycogen, you know? Um, so, uh, if you've done anything that depletes you, then when you have the elevated insulin levels, your, uh, excess blood sugar is going to go into the muscle cells. Um, but most people aren't active enough, right? Because if you were active enough, um, you know, you probably wouldn't be in the issue of having excess body fat to begin with, right? It's kind of a yin and yang, right? Um, so those of us whose lifestyle, because if you, and it, it, it's almost a curse of modernity um, uh, because getting enough steps in. Now I work in an outdoor store um, and I don't drive a car, so I'm either walking or riding my bike to work, 
Um, so chunk of activity just in my commute, even if it's not super far. Um, and then at work, I'm on my feet walking around. Um, somebody buys a kayak. I got to carry it to the back, you know, where it gets loaded. Um, uh, you know, new bikes come in and I've got to carry the boxes over to the repair area or the, you know, the service shop and I got to build those bikes and then I got to cart them out to the floor. Like on average, I get, um, 15,000 steps a day. Um, plus I work out. Um, so there's a lot of activity. Um, and I'm still not ripped. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm lean enough. Um, you know, but it's one of those things like, um, so if you think about somebody who you drive to work, um, and because you got kids, you get up in the morning, you got to get their, you know, um, lazy butts ready for school. You might be taking the kids to school, then you're getting to work. Uh, but you're, you've got a job that is using your brain, right? If you work and this is the reality, most well-paying jobs these days um, are not physical. You're not burning a ton of calories because you're, you know, um, swinging a hammer or, you know, doing, you know, carrying stuff. Uh, if you work in tech, if you're in business, um, these are jobs that just don't require you to move a lot, Right but they're demanding jobs and there's a lot you've got to do. So it's not like you can, you know, dick around. Um, now in the last couple of years with more people working from home, you can incorporate movement snacks, um, which is a, a huge thing I'm a proponent of. I, I love for all of the evil that like smartphones have, have uh, uh, foisted on the world, like, you know, um, Facebook and Twitter, uh, they have done some good, which is having super easy access to timers and, and notification things. Because one of the things you do is like basically setting, um, and this could go back to Paul with his apartment and, uh, just two kettlebells. Um, every, we'll call it every hour, Right. You have it set so it beeps. So you just get up and you do 15 kettlebell swings, right, before you do whatever you're doing. Um, it's kind of like me with my pull-up bar, uh, right? If you get up from your chair, um, you do something. It doesn't have to be big, but if you do it frequently, right, um, then you're going to add up to to a, a reasonable amount of work through the day, right? So there's going to burn some calories, get the blood pumping, can build some muscle if you're if you're if it's demanding enough, um, get you stronger, get you fitter. You know, you'll get all of these little benefits from instead of one big workout. And hey, if you can do a, still get a workout, a twenty minute, half an hour workout in at night. Um, do that too, but these little movement snacks kind of replace the middle movement, the walking and the just existing as a human being. Like we weren't meant to sit all the time. So, uh, you know, adding that in, that can really help. Um, and you know, you, you run into the thing where, like I said, with modern, uh, lives, cars, you know, um, jobs that don't require physical exertion. Um, and then we just seem to have all these demands, right? Like when I was a kid, I kept hearing about like advancements that would mean so much more free time. Um, the problem is, is that it's not like instead what we're running into is like people are bringing their work home with them, sort of again, the downfall of the phone. Um, there just seems to be more shit to do even though we have more conveniences than we've ever had, right? And maybe that's one of the things, um, and this sort of just popped in my head, so excuse the tangent, but um, when it comes to everything, but, but we'll apply this specifically when it comes to fat loss, because I hear people, I have no time to work out. Um, 
I think if we audited our daily time expenditures, right? Like if you turned your social media time, even just part of that, into working out um, three times a week, right? Like I'm not asking for a lot. Um, obviously, if you can do it daily, and it doesn't have to be, one day could be, uh, excuse me, um, a strength training workout, you know, and, and structured the way that, you know, I'm always talking about, um, you're also going to get your heart rate up a bit, you know, do it as an EMOM, something like that. So that you're getting a lot of work in, in that 20 minutes, half an hour, um, do that three times a week. Um, and then three half hour walks a week, right? So that's six workouts a week, you know, if you want to call it, um, but it's a half an hour a day, uh, you know, so, so you run into the thing where, um, I guarantee almost every person, if we audited how you spend your time, you could free up half an hour a day. Um, you know, more is better, you know, as you get fitter, if you want to get fitter from that, (laughs) um, there reaches a point where you do need more work, right? Like you can't, get ready for the Olympics on a half hour a day. But the reality is most of us aren't looking for the Olympics, but some of the things I want to be not even good at, but just comfortably proficient at, um, require a little bit more time expenditure. Like if you want to be able to like mountain bike all day, um, when you've got the time, you know, to do your trips or, or, you know, rides on the weekend, um, throughout the week, it's going to take more than just, 30 minute workouts. Um, uh, but not that many of them, you know, like if I get one outside of my riding on the weekend, if I get one hour, hour and a half ride during the week combined with, you know, all the other stuff I do, um, I seem to do okay. Um, so that definitely, uh, uh, you know, is a little caveat on there. Like there reaches a point where if you want to get better from there, you still got to spend a bit more time. Um, and then the more time you spend moving, right. The more time you can commit to it, both training, moving and just moving, moving, um, the more calories you're going to burn, which makes, um, you know, the calories out, um, equation, uh, easier to manipulate because you just increase the amount of movement you do. Um, yeah. So, so that's kind of that, that basic, right. Of, of, uh, calories in calories out and, uh, you know, so burn more calories than you're bringing in and, um, assist yourself in adhering to eating less calories by moderating your blood sugar, right? And one of the simplest things to do with that moderating the blood sugar um, is a 10-minute um, walk is sort of the easiest one, but 10 minutes of activity after every meal. Um, if you do that, uh, it dampens the insulin response, right? Um, it makes your, your, uh, basically improves your insulin sensitivity. So it doesn't take as much insulin, um, to manage blood sugar, uh, works almost as well or better, um, when they looked at clinical studies, um, as some of the metabolic drugs like metformin. Um, so to me, that's such a low hanging fruit, (laughs) you know? And one of the simplest things is like, uh, and this is one of the ones I'll use, right? Because I've just got them here. Um, is I said, uh, after I eat, I set a timer for 10 minutes, um, beeps, you know, and I'll do sort of a mini 10 minute workout. Um, nothing heavy, right? Cause we're, we're just sort of replicating the intensity of walking. Um, so, where, you know, and obviously if the weather's nice, I'll just go right out the front door and go on a brisk walk for 10 minutes. Hell, it might go for half an hour, right? You know, that doesn't hurt. <clears throat> but, um, say in the wintertime when getting out's not as, uh, you know, 
easy. You know, you got to get all dressed, get your boots on, all that kind of shit. Um, I'll just do like a mini circuit workout for 10 minutes, right? And the whole thing is, is that you want to replicate the intensity of uh, walking. So it doesn't have to be very hard, right? I'll just pick up like a 35 pound or 16 kilo kettlebell, walk up and down the hallway, you know, switch hands, walk up and down the hallway. I'll do five push-ups, get up, you know, and I just keep moving for the 10 minutes. But nothing's hard, right? Like I can do way more than five push-ups. So five push-ups is easy. Um, but I had to get up and down, right? Getting up and down takes a lot of calories. Um, that's why, while I'm not a huge fan of them because of the potential injury risk, something like burpees where you have those level changes, they burn a lot of calories. Um, you know, I'll throw in a few sets of kettlebell swings. Uh, maybe do a bit of shadow boxing. Um, you know, that type of thing. So, uh, even down to things like, uh, horsing around with the kids, um, after we eat, you know, we'll just like goof around, but physically, um, you know, I'll throw them on the couch and then I'll chase them and stuff. Um, they love it, but it's also good for us. Right. So that's sort of another way that you can get that after meal activity, um, to, to dampen that insulin response. Um, so that's a long winded way of, uh, dealing with, you know, sort of that first point calories in versus calories out. Um, you gotta just consume over a fairly long period of time. Any of us that have, uh, been over fat, um, um, and I say over fat rather than overweight, right? Because the whole issue is, uh, if you hopped on the scale, let's say you're a, a lady, a woman, um, and you hopped on the scale and you're like five, three, and it says 150 pounds, you're like, oh my God. But then you look at yourself in the mirror and you can see your abs. You're not really overweight. You're, you know, we maybe could say you're over muscled, you know, to be that height at that weight. Um, but nobody, nobody, for the most part, is going, oh, my God, I want to shrink my, my glutes, right? They're too heavy. No, it's, it's, our issue is with fat, right? Not weight. Um, you know, we, we use weight as an analog to fat. Like, if I'm lighter, I'm less fat. Um, uh, but one of the important things to keep in mind is that when you're losing, if you just cut calories and you don't exercise, um, particularly strength train, you will run into the thing where you will lose fat and you will lose muscle mass. And a muscle mass is metabolically active. Um, and one of the important things you run into there is the more muscle mass you have, the higher your resting metabolic rate is. Um, so if you've lost muscle mass, then you're um, at, when you're at a lighter weight, you're going to have a lower resting metabolic rate, you know, the amount of calories you burn just existing, which in turn means that you're, when you sort of settle in at, you know, maintenance calories, your maintenance calories are going to be lower. Now, if you really focus on maintaining and or building muscle and, Depending on how much body fat you have to lose, if you have a lot to lose, you can lose fat and build muscle at the same time. If you've only got like a, a medium amount of fat to lose, it's harder to build muscle and lose fat at the same time. Um, uh, but you run into the thing where um, that's where at least three sessions of strength training a week, you know, uh, stimulate enough to at least not lose muscle mass. Um uh, depending on how you structure your training, you can also build some. Um, and so we run into the thing, sort of what the three most important things are, you know, I think uh, as far as fat loss goes, is, you know, make sure consistently over a, a fairly long period of time, you're eating fewer calories than you burn. Um, uh what that means, you know, generally I would, I would sort of aim for like 500 calories below maintenance. Um, 
because what that will translate into is roughly a pound a week. Um, if you go sort of the slow and steady approach, um, you are much more likely to succeed at it um, because it's easy. If you're starving all the time, it's harder to hold, like keep doing it for weeks and months. Um, if it's just a little bit more activity and a little bit less food, like if you burned an extra 250 calories and ate 250 fewer calories a day, there's your difference, right? Um, and you do that for six months and it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, there's 26 pounds, right? And, and it wasn't that hard. Um, you didn't have to deprive yourself. Um, if you want to be doing uh, like three pounds a week, four pounds, you know, like trying to do big numbers, unless you were, you know, really, really heavy, um, it's going to be hard to do, right? Without almost burning out because you just feel like you're suffering too much. Um, so it's where, you know, some little lifestyle changes. Like one of the things that was sort of the biggest for Catherine was the fact that we just made fitness um, uh, like the center part of our lives, right? Like a lot of um, investment in activity. Like when we go on trips, they're active trips, right? You know, April we're going... Um, down to the States, we're going to be rock climbing and mountain biking. Um, and so instead of the, uh, you know, over consuming, you know, a lot of times with our trips, we actually come back a little lighter because we're just so active, even though, you know, yeah, we treat ourselves, we'll have an ice cream, we'll have some beer. Um, when you're basically that active, um, on a trip, uh, there's no way around it. You just, it, you have to try to eat enough calories. Um, uh, and so, you know, that, that long-term process, right. Of just a little bit down. Um, and you know, if you can change a couple of little habits, behaviors, um, you know, like it could be something as simple as like on alternate days, um, you do, Throughout the whole course of the day, 10 sets of kettlebell swings. Um, and then on alternate days, you do 10 sets of uh, goblet squats, like 10 sets of 10, right? So you're doing 100 reps of each. Um, but we're doing it almost the, the uh, greasing the groove idea spread out through the day. You know, and, and anybody who's working from home, um, this actually isn't that hard to do. Right, you just got to make sure that you do it. You don't have it like the exercise bike that becomes the coat rack. Um, you know, you basically every time you do X, right, and you just have to decide what that is. Like for me, like I said, getting up out of my computer chair, I do a pull up. When I come back to my computer chair, I got to do a pull up. You know, this is one pull up, but I end up doing twenty or thirty a day. Um. <coughs> That ends up adding up, right? And it, it, it works. Um, and when you do it with something like squats or kettlebell swings, um, because it's using such big muscle groups, it, it burns calories, right? But you're not doing enough to get all sweaty, right? So if you got to go on that Zoom call or go pick up the kids or, you know, any of those types of things, um, you know, you've just done those little things where... Um, we've tipped the balance. Think of, think of your fat loss or your core, your, your level of body fat as an ocean going freighter, right? They don't turn on a dime. You didn't get the excess body fat that you might have right now. You didn't get that overnight. It slowly just accumulated because you had, instead of that 500 calorie a day deficit, you had a surplus, right? Because you were a little less active and ate just a tiny bit more, but you did that over a long enough period of time. And we go, holy shit, what happened? Right? You know, you look in the mirror and grab the love handles. Um, and you're like, it didn't used to be like this, right? Cause it just creeps up on you because we're so damn busy. Um, modern life, right? Responsibilities, kids. Um, 
so think of it as just doing a few things, you know, that we steer the ship in the other direction. So instead of it being a little surplus that's building up over time, we're creating a little deficit that decreases over time. And that will be highly, highly effective. Um, and then the third point, and don't worry, I will summarize all of these, um, is intermittent fasting. Um, narrow down your eating window. Um, you can look into, you know, the health benefits of fasting. Um, and intermittent fasting, you know, can also be called a limited eating window. Um, what I do every day, uh, or pretty much every day, um, is 12.30 to 8.30, that's when I can eat. Um, uh, the other 16 hours, I don't eat. It's super simple. Um, I have lunch at 12.30, I don't have breakfast. Um, because you've narrowed down the window you eat, it almost immediately, um, uh, if you change nothing else about how you eat, um, uh, it immediately creates a caloric deficit. Um, plus there's some of the, <clears throat> uh, fat loss benefits that come from when you wake up in the morning, you're already in a fat burning mode, right? Because you haven't had anything to eat since dinner the night before, unless you were a late night snacker. Don't do that. Um, you will run into the thing where you've already gone, uh, you know, quite a while without eating. So now your body's just running on body fat and it's got no problem doing that. Um, you know, so in the morning... Um, I will have a coffee, uh, with nothing in it, um, because you don't want any sugar. You don't want to, the whole thing is, is we want to keep the insulin response off. Um, so you could do a coffee, uh, with like unsalted grass fed butter mixed in, you know, the bulletproof coffee. Um, to me, I, I, I like black coffee, like if it's good coffee, um, and I don't need the extra calories. Um, but some people find it works for them. So experiment. And if you use like an unsalted grass fed butter, um, because fat won't cause an insulin response, um, for some people that's what allows them to go without breakfast. They feel they've got some energy. Um, uh, the other thing is, is fat slows down the absorption of the caffeine. So you tend to get more of a long diesel burn to the caffeine boost rather than a spike and a crash, if that makes any sense. Um, and, uh, you know, then lunchtime comes around. Um, I have lunch. Uh, usually don't have a, you know, like I've, I personally prefer to have a, a couple of big meals rather than a bunch of tiny ones, right? Like, I'd rather skip a meal and have a big meal. Um, I find that more satisfying if that makes any more sense. So it, it'll vary from the person, you know, but whatever your eating window is, right? So if you go with the eight hour eating window and uh, go through the whole process, whether it's a couple of, you know, reasonable size meals, a few small meals throughout, you know, that, that window, you just limit yourself to that window. Um, and then you run into the thing where generally it tends to lead to fewer calories, <clears throat> um, freeze up some time in the morning. And for me, I work out in the morning. Um, and that works really well for me. Uh, and I find that like doing a 20 minute workout, cause a lot of days I'll actually work out, like I'll do 20 minutes in the morning and then I'll do half hour in the evening. Right. So I work out, you know, and if I count my warm up and everything in the morning, like I work out an hour a day, it's just two little bits. So it's like, it doesn't seem like much because, you know, the time that I would be occupied with breakfast, um, I'm, and they're not always 20 minutes. Like cause sometimes it's 15. Like if I just do kettlebell snatches for 15 minutes, it's an ass kicking wor workout. Um, you know, so it's like warm up, you know, 15 minutes of snatches, go shower. <laughs> Simple. Um, and again, that helps as far as kickstarting the metabolism, burning some extra calories right from the get-go. Um, that works quite well for me. So 
basically it, it, it comes into the thing of my three biggest tips, you know, is the, um, that, that work, uh, you know, manage your, um, calories by, uh, you know, limiting sugar, limiting, um, simple carbohydrates, um, increase your activity level, uh, you know, and build it like find yourself important enough that you'll put the effort into it is really, um, sort of one of the the most important things, right? Like you have to feel that you're worth the trouble, um, because it's just the little changes, right? Like finding a workout buddy, finding, you know, um, a personal trainer, even if it's online, but somebody that you're going to be accountable to, um, you know, and, and think of it not as a, okay, I'm all of the things that got me here. I'm just putting them on hold now, but I will go back to doing them like behavior wise. Think of it as like tweaking in the lifestyle. Um, if you tweak your lifestyle and steer the ship just towards, you know, it doesn't have to be everything about it, but, um, you know, away from fatness towards fitness, right? It doesn't have to be a 180 degree turn, right? We're just going in that general direction. And you do that over consistently over a long period of time, you're going to get what you want, right? And it, and it will seem pain-free, you know, very because it wasn't that hard um, because it was just little lifestyle changes versus, you know, going to some boot camp or, you know, some get, you know, following some three-week program or four weeks to abs or all that's bullshit. Like most people aren't fit enough to train hard enough to burn enough calories to get those kinds of results if that makes any sense. Like you, to burn a ton of calories, you've already got to be like per hour and and to do a lot of work, you've already got to be in shape, right? And if you're already in shape, then this generally tends not to be an issue, right? It, um, so yeah, hopefully uh, that answered question plus a bit more um, because it was a little bit, a little bit vague. Uh, we got into... A bit of the weeds, but um, hopefully that helped you out. Um, and uh, Julia, at some point, you know, um, send me a message and let me know um, how it's working or if you need any clarification. Because um, if you need clarification, other people probably do too. Um, so that's going to actually be it for this one. Uh, I just nattered on for an hour answering two questions. Uh, let me guys know... Uh, if you find me too meandering when I do these, um, uh, because I go into it literally with just the questions and I answer them. <laughs> um, but a lot of times in answering the question, it takes me down other pathways. I'm hoping that I'm conveying, like, uh, getting across useful information. Um, these are definitely not structured, you know, top five, you know, hacks. Um, where, it, where it's going to be, you know, one, two, three, four, five, put it into effect today, go, right? Um, because I think you'll have a lot more success in any kind of pursuit is when you have a little more understanding of why you're doing things and how it works. And, um, you know, you don't have to be like a, a, a trainer or a biology professor, but, you know, if it's a thing where you go, oh, that's why I shouldn't have sugar. Like, you know, excess blood sugar, insulin spike, muscles aren't empty, so it turns into fat. And then low blood sugar, then I'm hungry and have cravings, cycle continues. Oh, okay, so if I eat, you know, a meal that's more moderated, so some complex carbohydrates that take longer to break down, some fats and some protein that again all slows down that absorption process so that the carbohydrates instead of all going into the blood system uh, bloodstream at once are sort of trickling in right that your body can manage so you never have to have the uh 
insulin response is proportional to the amount of uh, blood sugar at any time, right? So if it's only a little bit of increase in blood sugar, it's only a little increase in insulin because you're spreading it out. It's the same amount maybe, but because you've spread it over time because your body is um, releasing it or absorbing it slower, um, uh, you run into the thing where um, you don't have those big swings in blood sugar levels, right? Because it's it's a drip versus a, a, a fire hose, if that makes any sense. Um, so yeah, so visit our friends at Great Lakes Gear, yeah? Um, and they will help you out with your fitness equipment to go with this episode. Uh, I think they were just doing a promo. They're doing so many, it's hard to keep track of, but they were doing a promo. Um, a BOGO, uh, I think. Buy one, get one, which is pretty fucking crazy on kettlebells. Um, only thing is, is that the only ones I want are really, really heavy, which means really, really expensive. Um, and they don't offer that on those. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just saving up. Um, so for, for you guys, if you, um, purchase from there, um, just know that the, uh, little kickback they give us, um, they will end up just getting back when I buy more kettlebells. Um, although my, I keep saying that, I keep saying that I'm going to be done buying them, but then it's like, then I just get stronger and then I buy another one. But either way, um, so thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Winston, uh. Catherine was here in spirit, although she's technically upstairs working. Um, we're in our new place. Uh, our schedule should get back to normal as far as episodes coming out. Um, we're actually going to even have a place to record in the basement. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So until next time, remember, work hard, play dirty, and keep the rubber side down. Bye-bye.